Hi, I'm Christine Orth. And I'm Deanna Robbins. Welcome to Pieces of a Woman, where we explore all the pieces that make up the women we are today, mind, body, and soul. So in today's episode, we are so excited to welcome back Dr. Juliana. Last week, we talked about being your own sexpert. This week, we're excited to have her again and talking about what is your relationship with your body. She talks about how much we want to love our body and all the things that come with that and it really kind of teaches us that, so what does that mean and how do we love our body and what are the ways we can do that? She did. She dove, she dove into body image and it's great that we're trying to love our bodies, but she really helps us understand, well, how do we really go about doing that? I thought it was very eye-opening and again, a very insightful conversation. We hope you enjoy this episode. I am so excited because last week we talked, uh, that was a really great topic and I'm even looking forward to this. As I said, I hope we get to meet in person and I feel like we will sit and talk for hours. You are so fascinating, truly so fascinating and you make this such an easy conversation. Um, So I'm really excited to dive into this and hear more from you. So thanks for being here again. Oh, thank you so much. And I look forward to that also. (laughs) I will be so much happier to sit in person. You know, you, I know you started a new workshop and obviously this is an important topic for all women when it comes to our relationships with our body. So what really inspired you to go down this path and what are you learning and what are you teaching? Yeah, thank you so much. I I also feel so passionate about talking about this topic. So um, as I talked about last time, I had this course cover field and we go through all these different parts of holistic sexuality. And threaded throughout almost every single one of the 10 always came up the topic of our body. And it never felt like we had enough time to talk about it and everyone was wanting to. So I thought when I do my next class and next course, it has to be about this. And I was able to test it um, at this wonderful camp in, um, in Seattle. I named it something terrible. It was called Mirror, Mirror Off the Wall. I was pinched for time and I was trying to play off of the mirror thing. Dumb name. But the concept <laughs> of it was fantastic. And I literally had people waiting outside. Where I was teaching actually this TP. And there were people waiting outside trying to get in. And it was this beautiful discussion and I we had women and men and transgender individuals in there and it was universal what we were talking about and our experiences in our body and one of the things I'll say about sexuality is why it needs to be such something that we're talking about so much is we all have it well we all have bodies too and we need to be talking about it so as after I finished that workshop and was kind of writing my notes on it, I, I really started thinking, I don't like the term body image. And I don't like it because I feel like a lot of the messaging out there is like, love your body and you know, just feel comfortable with everything. And I would leave that with, but how? I, I agree. I want to love my body and we all want to feel comfortable in our bodies, but it's not just that simple. And frankly, just saying, I love this part wasn't doing it for me. So when I stepped back, it's like, you know, I, I, I think I want to remove the topic and the, t- the terminology body image. And what I really want to talk about is our relationship, my relationship with my body. So I first wrote it for myself of my journey of what I needed to feel better about the problems that I felt like I had with it. And as I dove into it, it wasn't just how my, what I thought of how my body looked. 
It wasn't just that. That was a part of it. It was weight or things shifting and changing. Um, there was aging. There's parts of that, like, I mean, I've heard so many people, I felt that way, like, gosh, if I only appreciated how my body looked then, I would have taken more pictures, I would have been happier. But I remember back then, I was just as displeased about certain parts of it. I, I never was at this place that it felt great. I made like one part, but I didn't like this part. And and I, I when I started doing like a timeline of my relations with my body, I was constantly having, no matter where I was, people commenting about my body constantly. And so I started asking, uh, particularly other women, that's often where my work begins is with women first. And then I expand it to other genders was like, what about you? I'm like, oh yeah, there's this. And it was always this back and forth of an internal dialogue that was not nice and an external dialogue that was not welcomed. And, but all of that started seeping into, I didn't feel good. And I then just kind of didn't want to deal with it. And then I just see this, you know, as we grow. And again, like, I'm so happy that we are having body diversity and body acceptance. I love the movement. I just, I never found myself in any of that either and started asking. And I, I heard other women saying the same thing. Like, I believe in it. This is great, but I don't know how to do it. And I don't see myself in any of that as well. So now what? Now I feel worse because now there's a bigger variety. Now I can't just say, well, I'm never going to be that skinny model. Now it's like, well, now there's other people who have more of a variety, but I still don't feel good. And I'm aging. Ugh. Like, yeah. you know, what is it with that? And then we get into the whole, like, do you fight the aging process? Do you accept it? You know, do we let ourselves go gray? Do we do plastic surgery? Like, what is the right thing to do? And there's no one answer to that. So again, I go back to what my premise with my work within sexuality is, it is a group experience that is, that is endeavored individually. So I wanted to create a course, which I call a radical, a new relationship with your body. Um, and I wanted to test it and it's early in, in a, like, a, like the one that revealed that's like almost 20 years old that I've been refining it and, and moving it. This is new, but boy, are we onto something. And I'm doing this with a colleague of mine, uh, Dr. Karen Beal, um, who's out of Mirabel college in Tennessee. And we spent hours talking about our own journeys, hours talking about what we both heard from the people, our students, from our clients. And, and then we tested and we tried to have a wide variety of ages. We had 22 to 61, which I was still like a little bit bigger, but that was a pretty good um, mix. We had different, we had, we started with just women, but we had different races, we had different backgrounds and we had different things that people wanted to focus about on their body. So there was fertility issues. Um, there was um, weight issues. There was fear of aging. There was, um, a body like um, like knees not working and and having different abled bodies, it was all of those things. Of that person said something so mean to me when I was eight years old, and I never forgot it. To uh, you know, somebody now just looked at me and said like my hair was. I, I want to do a whole uh, course, not course, a whole um, lesson on hair. I can't tell you how many times. <laughs> that I have, and I'm one of them. That was like, no one told me that my hair was gonna change when I got older. That, <laughs> I don't like that at all. <laughs> and, and and then I'm talking to my hairdresser, she's like, oh yeah, honey, I mean, that's, there's nothing we can do about that. And I was like, I was like swallowing biotin pills, trying to like keep my hair strength. And, and she's like, yeah, it's stress. 
it's aging, it's hormones. So I was like, why? Why did someone tell me this when I was 30 when I could have been proactive? Because she's like, at one point, she's like, it's too late. You've kind of killed the cells at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's what? so true. No. And, <clears throat> and then I had a friend, a guy friend, that uh, said to me, God, your hair is so stringy. And what? it was so mean and rude. And he didn't really mean anything by it. And he, I know, doesn't sit there in a place of feeling good about his body at all. I know he doesn't. <laughs> and I thought, well, I would never reciprocate the thoughts. <laughs> and what makes you think that's okay? And you've just said like one of my worst fears, which I mean, I don't mean to have like, that's like this huge champagne problem to have. But it is something if I'm like privately talking about, it, it's like, yeah, I've grieved that my hair used to be one of the most prized places on my body. I loved my hair. It also did represent for me, the hair loss was representing a very terrible time in my life that I was stressed about. So that made me feel really sad. And then I was like, just stop talking about what I look like. Just stop. And again, I'm not alone in that. And it may be what your bottom looks like or how you walk or what your face looks like or any of the, any of that, we all just have those stories. And so I wanted to give a space for women to first acknowledge it, acknowledge both what you have said to yourself and what you have heard from other people. And, and so the beginning of the course is about that. It's really looking at that journey and doing a timeline of it, getting into different snapshots of those moments, and then picking uh, two stories, one of celebration and one of healing that you need to write out in detail and witnessed, um, have witnessed together. And we do this beautiful uh, story sharing. And I tell you, it was really, and I've done this again for years within stories of sexuality but I, I hadn't done it with the stories of body. So when I, um, when I, we sat and witnessed, one, one of the things that I do, like, because you know, if you're talking about the other um, episode about agency is every chance I get to have somebody be in control of their experience and something I give it. So when someone is sharing a story, they know ahead of time that the, like the audience, me or the other people in the group are not going to make comments. And that can feel awkward at first, but I'd like to kind of sit with that moment as, as to why, why would I do it that way, which is if you think about when you've shared something vulnerable and shared something that meant something to you, whether vulnerable in celebration or vulnerable in heal healing, and then somebody makes it about them. Somebody's like, me too, I've got the da 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 da, and they just glossed over what you've just shared. Or they say something unknowingly rude or thoughtless or like, it's fine, like, you know. Or like you're talking about fertility, like, well, at least you have another one, you know, th th whatever those kind of comments are that happen when you're sharing it, then you lose the power of release. You lose the power of processing and integration of what that's like to say it out loud. I believe transformation happens when you think something, you write something and you say something. And if any of that is taken from you, then you don't get the magic of that trio so when someone shares a story, a sacred story, especially within sexuality or with the relationship with their body, then really the response is, thank you for sharing a part of you. I see you. And that's it. Yeah. And you share it and you move on. And the next person shares and you stand almost like if you like metaphorically, like all of it now, of course, is, is online. And I've been doing online for a long time, but sometimes it truly is in person. 
and it will be again. Uh, it's like standing up to the mic and it's like, I just, I need to share this and I want it witnessed, which is different than listening. I need you to, I need you to see the sacredness because my story matters, because what happened to me matters, because what I've experienced matters, whether it's sad and hard and traumatic or beautiful, wonderful, and celebratory. And what's happened to your relationship with your body matters because it's what carries us around. It is uh, the container to our soul, to our essence. It is the barometer of our health and connection. And it's the longest relationship we'll ever have. So we need to understand what that's like. One of the things that we did in the beginning was we had people choose from a list instead of body image, they could choose from, from these ones. I'm gonna read them to you. Body appreciation, body compassion, body surveillance, body acceptance, body connection, body positivity, and body ownership. And we let everyone define what those look like, what those sound like, what those feel like on their own. And then they chose what that is. Then we went through the stories and the releasing, and then we moved into a plan as to like, what, what do you need different in your body? What relationship do you want to have with your body? How do you want it to feel? And we started back with those. And I'll give one example of a woman who she was feeling that um, she had never felt comfortable in her body. She had always felt like she was um, way too much was kind of invisible or a bit of a tomboy for um, for the traditional beauty. And now that she was in her 60s, she was so disconnected and kind of had moved from like anger and like betrayal to just ambivalence and disconnection. So what she wanted was she wanted to go back and have body connection that led to body compassion, which led to body acceptance. And we did a cycle. We kind of looked at like what happens to you in um, in your relationship with your body, and we started just one kind of one kind of moment of well, um, I uh, tried to put on a pair of jeans that I've had for a while and they won't fit. And I'm like, well, great, that's awesome. And I've gained more weight. Who cares? Something I could do about it anyway. And we started kind of going through the thought process of that to, um, well, I'm not going to wear jeans any, anywhere, and I don't want to have sex. Please don't touch me. Don't look at me. Um, I feel terrible. I'm going to sit here some more. That kind of was one of her, her cycles in it. Then we looked at where could we break up that cycle? And we broke it up with those words, the body compassion, the body connection, the body celebration. How do we do that? What are the skills and what are the actual details of what body compassion is and what body celebration looks like? And we did a whole lot of staying present in our body, of looking at our senses, looking at our connection and using different terminology. And then most particularly, always asking the question, what does my body want and what does my body need? No one asks that. They'll ask, what do you need? What, do, uh, what does that feel like? How are you feeling? But what does your body need? So that you start communicating with your body on a different level and asking it. By the end of the course, it was just common language to um, have everyone saying like, well, today my body was telling me this and my body felt like this. And to hear other people giving examples, it was just wonderful. Now, did we cure in uh, five weeks what takes a lifetime to do? No, no, we didn't. Uh, and we're making it an eight week course now um, because it, it, we realized it was just too short and there's too much richness for us to be talking about. But what we did do was change 
the beginning of the conversation and give a framework to look at. It's not about accepting every part of your body. It's about accepting the journey that you're going on with your body and that that's ever present. It is ever changing and it is really important to be connected to. Well, I can just say you've hit a hot button for me, uh, for sure, because I think it's, and I think for every single woman out there, I don't know anybody who has had a 100% and maybe there are, and I think that's a beautiful thing if they, if there are those women, (laughs) but it is, and, and I is getting older, um, just embracing and trying to be grateful for what I do have, but it's still really hard. Talk about the aging and the skin changing. And, you know, at one time you feel sexy and now you're like not feeling as sexy. And, um, there's so much of that, that I want to sign up for the course (laughs) because I feel like it's so powerful. I, I just, yeah, I'm just, I could listen all day. It, it's just amazing. I want to give one more story that, that's different. And I think too, it's <laughs> something that I really didn't comprehend so much until, um, until I started asking more questions of people, which was, again, it's not just how I look at my body or the parts I don't like about it, which is a huge part of it. I also really wanted to think about what my body had been through. And for me, I had experienced domestic violence and I hadn't really incorporated that into what that meant for me and my body. And, and so I did like work into that. I did lots of writing about that. And one of, one of the women that was in the group talked about her experiences of domestic violence. And she had walked into the course saying like, I, I feel very overweight and I, I'm so, like it feels awful. And the weight that I have that I put on is representative of, of my, uh, the grief I have of what I experienced in my relationship. By the end of it, what story she shared was that what she realized was that the weight that she had put on had actually saved her life on several occasions, that she had actually more cushion that protected her organs, that a couple of times she was able to protect herself um, more readily if she hadn't had that kind of weight and strength behind her. So in the end, her story is actually a celebration that she was grateful that although she resented some of that weight, it saved her. And she wanted to have compassion for her body in that. And having that just shift made her feel grateful and released. And that now she was safer, that it was okay to let some of that go. And the course is not about weight loss or exercising more or anything like that. That was her own decision that came to her that I don't need this anymore. And there are also like stories of a cancer and stories of like significant illnesses of feeling betrayed by our body. We need to see all of that. And we need to acknowledge all of that. And we need to be asking each other, what is that like? And how have you incorporated and integrated that after you've experienced things like that in your life? Not just how are you doing? How, how's your relationship with your body after cancer? How is your relationship with your body after violence? How is your relationship with your body after this, whatever this this is? Women, just in general, we are so hard on ourselves and we judge ourselves. And so I, you know, I love what you're saying about reframing the conversation and recognizing the beautiful parts that we've experienced because of our body. So I think, you know, just listening to what you have been talking about as we are building a different relationship, first, we want to acknowledge. We also want to reframe what we're saying. 
what our relationship is, whether it's body appreciation, I love that, body compassion, and then also being vulnerable with how we think of our body. And I think I took those three things. So in doing those things, obviously it's gonna, it's a journey. It takes, you know, it's work. With us and, and working on that with ourselves, I, th I think going back to how we are talking about our body and how we, how, where we are with our bodies as mothers, how does that translate to our daughters? Because I, you know, I, my daughters have said to me, cause I'm so critical all the time and I'm over, I, I over, I say too much about myself. They hear this and they've actually, as adults, women now shared with me how that has affected them because now they have more self-consciousness when it comes to their body. So I've not done them a service and I'm trying to reframe how I talk now, but still expressing my, what I feel. Yeah. I mean, I'm bobbing my head so much because I'm like, yes, yes. So much to all of that. And you know, like I, I, I feel such compassion for us as moms. There's so much mom guilt and we try so hard to do all the right things, not damage our kids. And like, and sometimes you can just feel yourself doing it. And you're like, that's just, but I'm a human too. And I'm learning too. And, and so at first, I, that would be the first thing I would say, because I've been there. I, I've been there. Like, I just, I just criticize myself in front of my daughter. Ugh. I also don't know how, if I'm not really feeling it to be like, oh, I just love this. And, you know, I want to be authentic about it. And I want to model for my children that it isn't as easy as that. It is complicated, but I'm trying. And I think that's the first part of just being real with our kids. Gosh, it's not fun when kids come to you and tell you what what they're, you know, what they need their therapy for. And uh, yes. well, it's so hard. That's it what I always hard. say. I'm, I'm a good parent. I never said I was great. And I know we're going to have a big bill in therapy. So. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, you try so hard, you know, we all have a good hearts with it, but we, we walk into parenthood with our own scars and with our own life. And then as we become parents, we are constantly learning more about ourselves, like exponentially parenting makes you look at that, um, about who you are. So when we're looking at our relationship with our body and with our daughters, it, it's true. They're watching us and they're listening to us even more. And I think we do need to do our own work. I think we do need to look at our relationship with our body, how we're talking about it. Same thing with food. I think we need to look at the words we use for ourselves and for them. I'm particularly concerned about like, my, my daughter is, is pretty adorable and she gets told this all the time, all the time, everywhere we go. She's so cute. She's so beautiful. Da, da, da. It's always about her looks unsolicited. And I worry that she hears that so much. And what is that going to mean for her? And then I realized I worry about that so much. I don't say it to her because I, I don't want her to feel like all of her worth is based on what she looks like. Right. And I'm like, and then is she going to feel bad that I never, you know, you get in your head about how much, what, what is the right thing to do? So when I settle my mind and when, when I settle into really what are my values and what am I trying to teach her in particular, it is, it matters how I treat myself. It matters what I do with my food and my exercise and how I look myself uh, in the mirror. 
and that there it is a natural thing to not love every part of that to struggle with um, your choices and to struggle with how you're feeling. But that is a relationship that I value and a relationship that I want to prioritize in my life, just like I want her to. So that I'm not giving her this impression that it's always perfect so that when her life and her relationship with her body isn't perfect, then she thinks she's wrong and bad and doesn't have the skills. So when, I slip um, or when I realize I'm saying something without saying, without realizing I'm saying in front of her, I will say, yeah, today, I, you know, I'm not having a hair day or I'm not, you know, feeling so great in this uh, pants that fit me before COVID and now they don't. <laughs> uh, that's like, well, yeah, that's part of this and let's go for a walk. And uh, I, you know, I'm happy about a lot of other things. And I'm either going to just buy another pair of pants or I'm going to walk some more and, uh, and that's okay. I'm in general at peace. And that doesn't mean I always have to be happy. Those are two different things. And you can live a very fulfilled life and have parts of it that are not fulfilling. And, and I think that's a really good example to send uh, to your kids as well. Awesome. No, I love that. So one of the exercises that we did in the beginning of the course was we asked for you to imagine that like, another being was stepping inside of your body. And what would that being experience? And what would they think of living life on earth uh, through your body? And boy, did it bring up a lot of fascinating responses. It was, some were quite surprised with how wonderful it was that they're like, gosh, they just made me realize that the gifts that I have, the things that I can do compared to other people, if they had been given a different body, but mine, uh, some thought immediately, oh, how sad, you know, you really got robbed of a good body. And that made them feel really sad that that was their first response. Like you, you didn't get a good one. And, and it brought a lot of grief. It brought a lot of laughter and it was a very good starting point of realizing, um, we, um, we have work to do and it's, we're meant to do it. And that our work isn't, isn't just focusing on the negative, which comes readily for us. It's also sometimes the harder work is to really look at what we're grateful for, what we are blessed with, what um, we do have going for us uh, with our bodies and what our bodies actually done for us through the years and will carry us forward with. Uh, another thing that we're adding to this is kind of like body mentors mm. and uh, one of the women that was a beautiful mentor for me was, I mean, she just died in COVID. She was 91 years old. And I have never met a woman that was any more self-accepting than Betty Dotson. She is the, she was the pioneer of, of sexuality. And that's how uh, we became friends. She was a mentor and then a colleague and, and friend. And she was just unapologetic, not only about her life, but about her body. And being unapologetic meant she talked quite a bit about what she didn't like about her body, about her genitals, about her, her breasts, about how her arms were. She loved her nails. That was one thing that she talked about that she was like, just God, don't take my nails from me as I age. And, uh, and, and, and she had beautiful nails even when she died. And she made it be okay to be okay 
with not being okay. And, and to celebrate those things, like I, I had never had anyone talk so lovingly about their fingernails before unapologetically. She's like, I have really beautiful nails. Um, and, and I'm really <laughs> proud, proud of them and, and allowed us all to, um, to say things about ourselves that we're proud of. And we are, again, as women, we're not given a lot of space to say anything that, that we're good about. Cause we don't want to be rude or, or, you know, too much, or maybe you don't have that special thing or, or whatever. So we sit quietly in our celebrations, which then diminishes also, uh, those things that we feel good about ourselves, but yet we'll just talk for days, um, uh, about what we hate about ourselves. And, and that feeds and it's contagious, that negativity. And then it becomes commonplace to only talk about the negative and to never talk about the positive. So having body mentors is something that's really important. Like who has influenced us and seeing like, maybe you need to do more of an effort to be around people that are talking like that. And maybe you don't know there's people in your life because we're not talking about it as well as what kind of influence are you? We talked about on our daughters, but what, you know, it's so beautiful. I can't wait to hear the episode about girlfriends, but what kind of influence are you on other people's uh, feelings and relationships with their body? And you know, I love that because, um, as girlfriends, we are pretty honest and we say what we, you know, what are, we criticize. And one of my responses is usually don't talk about my girlfriend like that. I love her. Yes. And Christy does that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful. That's so beautiful. Yes. And, and it's kind of just a little jolt of a reminder, like, oh, you know, yeah, I, maybe I need to rethink that, but you know, I, I love what you said. I think one of my big takeaways is how you, um, explored with the woman that had been criticized in her body and you found all of the parts of that time in her life and how her body saved her. And, that is, I think, my big takeaway that I have never done, and I want to spend some time reflecting and writing on that so that I can pinpoint those times in my life where my body saved me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Oh, beautiful. And if you ever want to share it, I would love to hear it. It'd be great. great. And I'm picking you all up on your offer to do my course. I would love to have you all um, experience the work. Done. Done. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode, What is Your Relationship with Your Body with Dr. Juliana. To learn more about Dr. Juliana and her work, go to her website at dr-juliana.com where she offers one-on-one -on -one coaching, couples therapy, and a wide range of courses that you can take. You can also follow her on Instagram at Dr. Juliana Hauser, J-U-L-I-A-N-A, H-A-U-S-E-R. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. If you listen to us on Apple, leave us a five-star rating. If you enjoyed this episode and think others can benefit, please share. Also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Pieces of a Woman Podcast.